Hello, welcome to Creative Catch-Up, a podcast where myself, Natasha Newton, artist and illustrator, and me, Mel Chadwick, illustrator and designer, will be chatting about running a creative business. Each episode, we'll be diving into a different topic that has come up in our own creative practice. We'll be sharing our experiences, both the ups and downs, struggles and successes, and hopefully give some advice that you'll also find useful. So join us for Season 2, Episode 9, as we chat about ways in which to keep your work fresh. Hi, Natasha. Hi, Mel. So today we're going to be talking about how do we keep our work fresh. I think this is a really good topic as it leads on nicely from last episode where we talked about how do we find our style once you found your style and you're kind of confident with how you do things I sometimes find that because you're so familiar and you kind of do things in the same way sometimes (laughs) your work becomes a little bit too familiar and you can find that you end up getting a bit bored by it I don't know if you experience that as well but I know I certainly at times where I get a bit kind of oh, do I have to do it that way again yeah I can totally relate to this <laughs> yeah so I thought it might be yeah it'd be nice for us to chat about how do we keep our work fresh how do we break out of routines and how do we keep enjoying doing the work we do I think my first tip I've, uh, which helps me is to mix it up. So I do a lot of work on the computer um, and I find if I'm getting a little bit stale, a little bit kind of like I can't look at the screen anymore <laughs> and I need a little break, I tend to open my sketchbook and go and draw something from life, from something that's in front of me. And I just find that break really helps me It refreshes me because I'm no longer looking at the screen, but it also just gets my brain working in a different way and then helps me then to come back to my work feeling a bit more awake. I've got a bit more energy as well. Yeah, and you can see it with fresh eyes as well, can't you, when you've been away from it. So I think just that break to do something different. I know if I get stuck on something for too long, I can easily get quite bored and I need to have a break where I do something different. So for a while I was doing, you probably remember this, lots of painted stones and lots of sea glass and things like that. And um, I was completely obsessed with doing this. And I was like, I'm really enjoying this more than anything else at the moment. And so I would make a lot of those. And at that point, very few actual paintings and then at the moment I'm the total opposite I don't want to see a stone ever again yeah because you can get so obsessed with something I find like I will find something a subject for instance I'll be so obsessed with it I'll be like oh I just love drawing this subject it just makes me feel so alive yeah I almost overdo it it's like I get too stuck on it and then I'm like oh I can't see another one of them again I wonder whether everyone goes through this because I know that I do there was a time it's hard to believe now but um because I've been painting the landscapes with the little white houses in for years now I mean you could go back to like 2006 
something like that. And I was doing them then. They were slightly different to to the new ones, but they were so popular that I kind of felt under pressure to keep doing them at one point. When I got to about, I think it was around, I don't know, 2011, 12, 13, something like that. I was like, I really just don't want to do these anymore. I'd done so many and it seemed to be the only thing that people really wanted to commission me to do <laughs> And at one point. And I was like, I really just don't want to do these anymore. I'm not inspired to do them. I felt like I'd done them over and over again in the same way. And so I kind of for a little while backed off a bit and had a bit of a break from them. And then recently I've come back to them in the last few years and I'm absolutely loving them again. I guess that just shows we are human beings. You know, we're not robots or machines. You know, we, we're not on an assembly line where we can keep doing the same thing. I think we need to have variety in order to keep things fresh for us. You need to have joy in what you're doing, don't you? I think it comes through in the work if you are not enjoying it or if you're really loving it, that comes through. Yeah. I think this is the thing. If you feel like you're needing to mix it up, you should mix it up. <laughs> Another thing would be to try a new medium or a different medium. I'm just thinking if I was to do that digitally, I might try a different technique that I haven't tried before. So I'm sure you can probably do that in whatever style you're working with, you probably can try something different, but still have your style, but just try something else. Recently, I've been experimenting personally with different mediums and that has kind of breathed a new life into my work. So my work hasn't changed drastically, which I think we spoke about on another podcast episode, but yeah, it's changed it enough to keep things fresh for me and to, for me to be really excited by what I'm doing. And it's like this, it's, it's a bit of a journey of exploration at the moment. And that's really exciting every day. So even something as simple as changing to a different medium. Yeah, it can really help keep things fresh. You know, I've been doing my postcards all last year. And that was all black and white. And by the end, I was actually getting a little bit bored of doing black and white. <laughs> so now you're all about the colour. Doing something consistently and over a long period of time, actually, it is good in a way, but it's nice to have a break. Like the pictures I'm doing at the moment, which are very colourful, completely different to the black and white I'm finding I have a lot of energy to put into it so I'm still feeling like it's all new it's all fresh because I'm not doing black and white <laughs> exactly yeah something so different to what you've been doing but I know that you did do some coloured pieces throughout the year um, as well you're right saying that because it's actually they were like little I don't know uh, tastes of what I could do it was nice to have those because it it made me think, oh, I can't wait to try that when I finish doing this project. So now I've finished the black and white project, I'm like really kind of jumping in and yeah, just going for it with the colour. Yeah, you're kind of rejuvenated, yeah. aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I am. And I'm sure though there will be a point where I will saturate myself so much that too much colour and I'll, I'll have to retreat again to, yeah. to black and white again. But this is the great thing about being a creative. You can you can go with whatever you feel like going with at that moment, can't you? There are no rules that say you have to stick to a certain colour palette or 
you know, I kind of felt like perhaps there were, like perhaps I'd found my palette and <laughs> that's what I needed to stick with. But I find that, you know, I'm getting excited by different colours now. The other day I bought some pink watercolour paint and and I don't really use pink that often in my work, but I'm feeling kind of like I'm going to go down a slightly different path and yeah and I'm going to experiment more with watercolour as well. I mean I have worked in watercolour before but I I tend just recently to use either acrylic or gouache paint. I don't really use watercolour so much, Not certainly not just watercolour. So I have some ideas for pieces with just watercolour and mixing watercolour and pencil which I'm quite excited about. Uh, what kind of pink is it? It's called Potter's Pink. Do you know that shade? I would say it's quite a natural mute. It's not like a bright bubblegum pink. It's more of a sort of natural, vintagey, sort of slightly muted pink. But yeah, I'm finding that I'm really liking pinks and violets. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, I could do something with this. So, yeah, that will be keeping it fresh again, won't it? <laughs> yeah, it's a really good idea. That is actually a tip as well, is to change your colour palette. If you find that, you know, you're getting a little bit bored of your work or you, you just want to challenge yourself, then change your colour palette. Go for... Go for one that is the opposite maybe to one that you would use or even just like yourself, Natasha, you just bringing in another colour, adding that to the mix that you wouldn't normally go for. Even something as small as that can really change the feel of a piece, can't it? And you're also not kind of drastically changing everything. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes that needs a lot of time and energy to kind of change, completely change your colour palette. But maybe just adding one or two colours won't need too much time to adjust. Yeah. But it will still give your work a different feel or, or just freshen it up for yourselves. Yeah. And I think we need, we do need that as creatives because yeah it can it can very easily get stale if you're doing something all the while like we said so I think yeah just switching one or two things can make quite a bit of a difference do you find that um as you've gone throughout your career has your taste changed when it's come to your color palette I think so yeah definitely even like if I look at the my um, work I've done digitally if I look back to 2009-10 when I started using Adobe Illustrator, I look at those pieces and I and I like think, whoa, <laughs> <It> just <laughs> looks, what was I doing? <laughs> yeah, very different to. I mean, actually, my work is still quite bright, but I feel like I've thought a bit harder about the colours. Right, <laughs> I see. Yeah, I always think of your work as being quite bright, apart from the black and white pieces, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, you you do you use quite a lot of colours in each um, picture, don't you? In each painting or drawing, I think you use quite a, a wide colour palette. Yeah, maybe for me it would be a challenge to mute it a bit. Maybe that would be the challenge. But I can definitely see a change in my how I approach digital pieces oh that's interesting yeah definitely my taste does change and it changes with the season as well yeah definitely you know if I'm outside painting then I have a different kind of vibe maybe to if I'm inside I think my surroundings really seem to influence my painting 
When I'm in Suffolk, I really have a desire to do seascapes. And I did come up with an interesting palette based um, upon the Suffolk coast when I managed to get back there in the summer for a couple of weeks. And I really wanted to develop it, but it's been hard to develop it. Even though I have all the photos and everything, being back here, it's almost like I need to be immersed in the in the place, yeah. That's interesting because I guess I've lived in Cornwall now for 10 years this year. So it's strange because normally I would have moved every three two or three years so I wonder what it would be like if we moved somewhere completely different or if we were on holiday in a, in a location maybe for a couple of weeks what would my pieces look like and I'm sure they would look a little bit different because at the moment it's all Cornish landscape outside and rugged and a lot of energy I wonder what it would look like if I went to somewhere like Morocco you know and which is Again, completely different environment, a lot hotter. And I always think of richer colours, you know, being used. Um, or if you went to the Iceland, uh, wonder what that would be like to spend time there. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how your style um, would kind of... Adapt, yeah, adapt to yeah. the environment. Mm. And and that's a good that's a way to freshen your work, go and spend, although at the moment I know that's a little bit tricky, but, you know, if you can spend some time in a different place, that would probably freshen up your work because you'll be seeing things with different eyes. So I'd love to um, go back to Hong Kong. That would be amazing to see that environment and draw from that. I think I would get a completely different vibe in my work. I often find that if I just get feeling like a little bit like I need a bit of injection, um, actually watching or visiting or seeing another art form, like which is completely different to mine. So I actually love watching, you know, movies or films. I went through a stage of loving everything that, um, what's his name? The guy who directed Amelie. Uh, but he's a French director, I think. I love that film, but I can't think who directed it. Oh, Jean-Pierre Jeunet. Okay, yeah. So I loved watching Amelie and because it was just so takes you, transports you to that place and you're able to... The way it was shot, the way the colours, the, the sound, the music, everything kind of took you to... Paris and experienced um, things the way Amelie was experiencing them and I found like I remember I, I remember it so well I mean it was it came out in 2001 <laughs> it's like almost did, well, yeah, Amelie, 20 did years it? ago <gasps> no <laughs> isn't that crazy that is that that is crazy but yeah. 20 years ago and I'm shocked I, <laughs> I actually remember I, I you know normally I have a really bad memory for what I've watched but I remember that mm. because it was such it kind of engaged all my senses so and yeah. I was doing my degree show preparing for my degree show and I remember it did infiltrate my work 
I was making an installation where people could walk into it. And so I was creating lots of sculptures, lots of, I was like painting tables and adding bits of fur to them and taking lots and lots of photos like of everyday stuff. So basically when people walked into the installation, they were immersed in my kind of imaginary world. And I remember watching Amelie and I think I must have kind of taken ideas or feelings wanting people to get a similar kind of vibe you know something whimsical it is interesting how films can switch something on your brain or make you see something a diff a little bit differently and uh, influence your work in a way and I'm sure that's the same with if you were listening to music or if you were even reading a book or experiencing some other art form like photography um yeah I think that would probably help yeah I think so I think anything that kind of inspires you it doesn't matter what it is like you say it could be anything so I think that's why it's important to kind of immerse yourself in other things isn't it because you never know when that inspiration is going to strike I took um, evening classes for two years, but this was way, way back when I was in my late teens. This was before we had the internet and the ability to sell things because I was making all this stuff and I was like, you know, what am I going to do with this? I didn't kind of have an outlet at that point or the confidence, I think, to really sell it. But yeah, I've often thought that I would like to go back to that at some point. And have another go. I really enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, it's something that I would like to do again. It's trying to find the time to do all of these different things. I think if I added another thing at the moment, I would spontaneously combust. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking, though, you took up needle felting, didn't you, for a little bit? I did. Yeah. And I got my needle felting stuff out again the other day. And I was like looking at it thinking, I want to start up again. I think this month is going to, it's, I'm too busy this month, but I'm hopeful that next month when things are a little bit quieter, I think I will be able to, you know, pick it up again and just immerse myself in that because I feel like I was kind of, I was getting somewhere with the needle felting and it was taking a while because it was something so totally new for me. So, yeah, I I need time to be able to do it and develop it. But, yeah, it's a, it's interesting because I made these little needle felted birds. I shared a couple of them on my Instagram and people were saying it's amazing that even in like needle felted form, it looks like your work, <laughs> which was really good because <laughs> that was the idea. When you were doing it, were you did you put pressure on yourself? Did you think it had to be a certain way or, or were you kind of a little bit more relaxed because it was a new medium a lot of my time was just spent trying to learn the technique and trying to figure out how to make things in you know to how to take some wool and make it 3d and um and I know that you know I wanted them to be like little 3d versions of my painted birds so I kind of put some pressure on myself I guess in that respect but um, it would, I think it actually would be hard for me to work in a way <laughs> that wasn't in my style. So it's probably less pressure just to try and make them like my paintings um, than trying to do something different. I totally have not forgotten about the needle felting. I loved it and I will be doing more. 
And when I'm ready, I will be selling it. <laughs> but um, so they will, they will make an appearance in my shop, but only when I'm ready. So I was thinking sometimes it's uh, good to do something like a creative class or a course, maybe in a subject that you don't usually study. If you are used to drawing landscapes, then maybe do a figure drawing class. Yeah. Or if you're used to drawing realistically, then maybe try an abstract class. Because I know it would be completely different to what you would normally do, but sometimes doing that can actually help unlock something in your own practice. Yeah, I think it can. I think this is really important to to try different things like this. Um, and I have tried abstract painting and I did quite enjoy it. But I didn't enjoy it as much as my more realistic work, I guess you'd say. Um, yeah. Sometimes you have to do things, don't you, to actually remind yourself why you like doing what you do. Yeah, I think you do. Sometimes you go off down a slightly different path and it's like, actually, I really do like what I'm already doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you go back into that with a renewed um, enthusiasm. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, but it's nice, isn't it, to try out other courses. I remember doing one when we could go out and there was no restrictions. Yeah, so I signed up to a class um, where we were using acrylic gouache and um, it was more kind of looking at shapes and textures and we were painting from life, um, but it but the end product was like a pattern based on what we had been observing. So it was kind of a little bit different to what I was doing at the time. And it was nice, though. It was really nice, actually, just to take a break and try a different process and also watch someone else doing something that they enjoy doing. It was really nice to see that. And you get kind of a bit of energy when you see someone else doing something. You know, you'd like, for some reason, it inspires you then to go and do something yourself. Yes, it does. Yeah, I have found this. So I think that's that's another thing, actually, is to go and maybe watch someone doing their thing. <laughs> and and you can do that through, you know, you don't have to physically go to watch someone in their workshop. You can see it on YouTube. There's probably lots of artists like yourself and, uh, and, and you, yeah. actually sharing <laughs> what you're doing, like taking you through the piece. Yeah, I was going to say, when you see somebody loving what they're doing, <laughs> it really does fire you up. Um, makes you want to have a go yourself doesn't it yeah so something that you did recently Mel was um, you collaborated with another artist called Sandy and you deliberately worked on a series of what would you call them exercises didn't you to sort of loosen up and to try something different and you really pushed yourself out of your comfort zone and did you feel that, that that has freshened up your work since you did that? Do you feel like it's had long lasting effects? I definitely felt invigorated after doing that with Sandy. July, August was when we did it, although the videos didn't come out until September. But I remember when I was doing my sketchbook work, when I was going out, I would be experimenting a bit or loosening up and using water-soluble crayons uh, because I used them a lot in the collaboration it kind of pushed me to use them more so and now I, I really love using them in in my sketchbook work and then also now I'm using them 
on separate pieces now as well because I'm trying to just develop it the work a bit more so I definitely think it's a, a good idea to collaborate with someone who, who your your style may be quite different or subject matter might be quite different because I was drawing people with Sandy rather than uh, places or landscapes yeah actually it's interesting because although I'm not really doing people I'm still finding I'm being a bit looser with my landscapes Ah, so it really has had an effect on you, hasn't it? Some of the exercises you did with Sandy, can you tell us a bit more about those? What did you do that that kind of changed your way of working? We did blind drawing. So that's when you don't look at the piece of paper and you just look at um, what's in front of you. Uh, We also did contour, so just like the outside edge of something. We also looked at negative space so you just concentrate on the things around the subject one of the the exercises I actually got Sandy to do she hadn't done before was a two-handed exercise so you have a pen or whatever you're drawing with in both hands so you draw the subject with both does your hands does that feel at the really weird <laughs> yes it does <laughs> and you get really quite interesting results Mm, yeah yeah i can imagine (laughs) another one is using your less dominant hand again it's funny how sometimes you produce something which you really like actually more than more than if you were using your regular hand to draw just because it's harder to control and i almost think that your regular hand that you use maybe knows too much (laughs) yeah it's very hard then to get those wobbly lines or yeah because it's kind of so finely tuned isn't it <laughs> whereas the other hand yeah. doesn't know what it's doing <laughs> mine certainly doesn't yeah. so it's all over the place <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and another another thing actually is is good to do timed exercises this is yeah I'd like to do a bit more of this mm. yeah so if you pick a subject and then give yourself Uh, different time frames to do it in so start with maybe 10 minutes then go to five minutes then go to two minutes one minute and then for an outrageous drawing just go for five seconds it's really interesting to see the difference in your work as you simplify you know you almost are that's what you're doing you're kind of simplifying it and again that gives you a different perspective on your work when I go out now I look at simplifying things around me so I look at what are the shapes that I can see rather than thinking that's a complicated looking building look how many windows it's got I'm more looking at well what's the overall shape and then I'll look at the next shape and then the next shape not that's a window with that amount panes you know yeah because you end up with a a bit more of a stilted drawing if you try and get everything in the right place and this is this is what i found really useful in your latest video what's what's that building called st basil's oh st basil's yeah. i mean i would just look at that and go it's really inspiring but there's no way i can draw or paint that because there's just too much there i wouldn't know what to put in and what to leave out and i would probably be tempted to put everything in and you can't put everything in and like you say, things have more energy when you leave something out and you're not being so particular about every little aspect. So I really liked your advice about breaking it down into shapes. 
and I thought, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try this because there are, there are, like more complicated buildings that I would like to try to draw, but I've been putting it off because I was overwhelmed. And I think this is, this is good advice. Yeah, so it means that you feel like you can draw anything. You feel like a little bit more free, and you forget actually your brain fills in a lot of gaps. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. So doing some drawing exercises will loosen you up, maybe do them before you uh, start the day or last thing at night, you know, just to relax to just do some exercises just to get you either get you going or, or help you wind down. I mean, when you think about it, it makes sense to kind of do them before you start your proper work for the day, because it's like an athlete warming up before running or whatever it is they're doing. And so they perform better once they're warmed up. And so why wouldn't we, you know, as artists? Yeah, and that's a good, that is a good tip, actually, because say like you're doing client work, need a little bit of time, your energy yourself. And sometimes you get that from maybe doing something you really love doing. So if you make some time for yourself and just do a quick 10, 15 minute drawing, that actually is quite nice because you're doing it for yourself and then you're maybe ready to do your client work. Yeah, exactly. Another tip is to just go outside and and look for your inspiration outside. Um, Take a walk and photograph. Photograph your surroundings and then make a colour palette from it. I don't know if you, uh, Natasha, have particular seasons that you love to draw your inspiration from. I know you like the winter. Yeah, I think autumn and winter are definitely my favourites. Um... Spring and summer, I got into doing some spring landscapes last year. I quite liked it, but I haven't quite, I don't know, I'm not like fully inspired to do those at the moment, but you never know. I've got all my new art materials this year, so (laughs) you never know what's going to happen. But yeah, I find that a more muted colour palette. I'm very inspired by that. So I guess in that respect, that's why I love winter. And I always think that autumn, I mean, you've got just got those gorgeous ochres and rusts and, you know, that's a beautiful colour palette. But yeah, I love this idea of going out and say, for example, seeing something and you think, oh, I really like that colour combination and kind of just taking your phone and quickly taking a snapshot of it. Just as reference, you know, I will do this sometimes. It doesn't even have to be a great photo because you're not necessarily going to work from the photo. (laughs) So a little way of kind of jogging your memory, really, just as, you know. And so you, um, yeah, you can use that colour combination or that colour palette. You never know when you're going to use it. It could be for something completely different. But, yeah, I think just going outside and just looking, really looking, you know, at what's around you because you don't know when you're going to find the next thing that you really love and that really inspires you and yeah and where that might lead i love walking around here especially in may june time well actually april april may june so when you start seeing all of the wild flowers the cliffs get covered in flowers and the, the colors are just amazing you just like look at it all and you just want to drink it all up oh so beautiful yeah i just love also the moss colors there's like this really mustardy yellow moss sprawls itself over the rocks and it's just an amazing color you just think wow how how did we get that color <laughs> i know what you mean about cornwall because um i mean i've only been there once but even when i was there i was so inspired by 
that place. It's like the colour of the water there is amazing to me. I don't even know how to describe it. Turquoisey, tealy kind of colour. And I can see why you would you would be very inspired and why Cornwall is such a draw for so many artists, isn't it? There, it's, there's a big thriving art community there and I can see why because I think there's inspiration everywhere. And you, you were talking about the little cliff um, flowers. They were the ones that you drew for your residency, weren't they, last year? Yeah, Yeah, that really inspired me actually doing that residency even though... I was at home doing it because we couldn't do it actually physically there, but actually taking a week to just immerse myself in that place um, really pumped me up. It was like, woohoo! <laughs> I felt quite excited. And and you ended up with a really nice body of work from that, didn't you, as well? Yeah, actually, you're reminding me now I've got to do things with that. They did say that we could have the residency. They would run it again this year, obviously, but the same people would have the same times and dates so I don't know if they will open it but so I might might just uh, be there again. Wouldn't it be nice if you could actually be there this year? It would be lovely because I've got more work now that I can actually exhibit there and I really do want to do some work from that location on paper and uh, out of the sketchbook but kind of really work with the styles that I've built up this this year so and you have that beautiful video on your channel as well where you kind of documented all of that didn't you we should put a link I think you should put a link to that in the description because it's it's so nice for people to see what we're talking about and yeah and that's a really lovely video very inspiring thank you that's another good tip is to exhibit organize an exhibition and that'll get you kind of working on a new body of work even like preparing work to frame or thinking about how you want to present your work if it's like a book or something that again can help you give you new ideas and give you fresh um look at your work yeah totally i love working on a body of work as well it gives you the motivation to keep going rather than just like bits and pieces it's kind of nice to do a theme isn't it it is. And do you know what? That's what I'm doing now, actually. Oh, yeah, your boats. Yeah. I want to kind of do a body of work and then present them. And then if people want to buy them, they can. <laughs> but like, I don't want to do, I don't want to say, I've done this. You can buy this. You know, I actually want to save it so that I want to see it all together. Ah, I like the sound of this. Exciting times. Do you feel like you want to go and make some new work now? <laughs> totally, yeah. <laughs> Can I go now? <laughs> no, I do, actually. I'm going to paint after, after we get up here. I am going to do a little bit before dinner. Oh, brilliant. I think, though, we've covered quite a few different things there, and hopefully it will inspire others to keep their work fresh. I think so. I think there are some good tips there. What are we going to be talking about in our next episode? We're going to be doing this season end Q&A. So we'll be answering all your questions, any questions you've submitted either via our Instagram or YouTube channel. Um, Yeah, we're going to be answering all your questions. Thanks so much again for listening, everyone. We just really enjoy chatting about how we can keep our work fresh. As usual, come and find us on Instagram. Search for creative underscore catch up or find us on YouTube. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. How do you keep your work fresh? We'd love to hear what you think. 
Yeah, so join us again next episode for our final episode of the season. Until then, stay positive, stay creative.